0: to The Last Great Migration. Hello. Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: I'm good. You kind of sound broken on here.
1: Yeah, you good on my end, so.
0: So it's not me, it's you. <laughs> You're fine. You notice.
1: Know <laughs> well, well, hold on. So you can hear me, though, right?
0: I can hear you now, but if I couldn't hear you and you can hear me, then wouldn't that I mean that be on your end,
1: yes, uh, that radio operator skills are well. I mean, it could be a couple of different things too. I mean, but, but
0: we know this is not, you know, tactical radio. This is <laughs> internet, so
1: <laughs> yeah, my internet is very solid, so I okay. don't believe that's the case.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: All right, cool. So I think I think we good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that you can you know be back on here again. You know, we tried it before. Uh, But again, some errors on my end, so, but uh, we're fixing it now, so we're good. But um, I wanted to bring you on because, you know, you're doing dope things out here. Uh, You know, obviously, I met you in the Marine Corps, but, um, you know, you're doing things as you transitioned out, um, still pursuing your degree, uh, your master's degree, and uh, I think you have very dope perspectives. Uh, Sometimes I disagree with some of those. But that's what makes for interesting conversation. So uh, that's yeah, why I definitely. wanted to bring you on here. Yeah, for sure. So uh that being said, let's kind of get to a little bit of, of your background. So you are from?
0: I am from Brooklyn, New York. BK all day, every day, you know.
1: All right. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> and then uh, so earlier, you, early in life, um, can you kind of talk about you know, a little bit of childhood leading up into the Marine Corps, if you can.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, I didn't really know much about the Marine Corps. So, coming into the Marine Corps I was kind of like, I didn't really know the culture or anything. Um, I don't have family members. Like, I didn't have family members at, at that time that were Marines. So, I didn't really know a lot about it. Um, mm. We just used to have recruiters that came to our high school and... Even then, I really didn't pay attention to them. It wasn't until one of my friends who was going to a recruiting station in high school, she's actually still in a Marine Corps right now. Um, and she was like, oh, I'm going to the recruiting station. Do you want to come? And I'm like, "What? what is that? Like, I don't know what that meant.
2: Because, um, mm.
0: you know, New York City is kind of liberal. The city is um, very liberal, um, very yeah. democratic. so. Um, the military wasn't one of those things that they kind of pushed on us. Um,
1: And this was all prior to to, to 2001 before, you know, the towers. It was, yeah. So this was
0: like early 2000 so like I this was like maybe around maybe March or April of 2000 and I joined the mm-hmm. Marine corps September 11 2000 so like I really wasn't one of those people that was in the debt program for too long like I'm very impulsive in nature so if I want to do yeah. something I'm I'm going to do it like right on the spot while I have the motivation and the passion to do it so yeah I went mm-hmm. to the recruiting station on Flatbush um, anybody familiar with Flatbush Avenue but went to recruitment station and Saw the recruiters and I saw their blood stripes. They were in deltas. Didn't know what that was at the time, but I saw their blood Mm -hmm. stripes and I was like, "Oh man, it looks so cool! Like I, (laughs) it's so different, you know the, you know from the environment that we're used to, you know." So I saw that and I was like, "Man, I want a blood stripe." I thought you know when you graduate boot camp you got a blood strike. Didn't know that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: no, yeah. You know, you yeah,
1: had The wait bit. You gotta bit, work
0: you know. for it. Yeah, you don't, they don't just give you that. You gotta earn that, right? So yeah, yeah. I that's what I thought. But as soon as I got to the recruiting station, introduced, um, got introduced to the recruiters, um, and then my recruiter was Staff Sergeant Green. Um, and then first thing they told us is like when you come in here. Um, they were super motivated so like they was like when you come in here every pulley has to like bang on the door three times and you have to say why you join the marine corps and i'm like i don't know why like i'm here because my friend here right so yeah so he gave me something to say and i remember to this day so you say he said you should say i joined for educational and advancement opportunities so still to this day I, i still remember it so um, I kind of, it kind of stuck with me. So we had to say that, and at the end we had to say rah and then everybody would be like, "Give him one, urah!" You know, kind of like, <laughs> you know, we do that. So I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah. kind like that motivation thing to kind of keep you pumped, um, before you actually go to recruit training. But, um, I guess a lot of time I learned later on in my career that a lot of recruiters try to. As soon as they find females, and you, you can probably attest to this. I don't know because I'm not a recruiter, but that's what I heard. Like, soon as they find females, they try to get them there as soon as possible.
1: That's very true. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> uh, there tend to be issues where either they get cold feet or other things happen. Uh, people get into their ears. I mean, this is this is this pertains to males too but yes for females uh we try to get them in soon and get them shipped off while they still had that momentum and okay. motivation okay so,
0: yeah so i yeah. i stepped in in july and i went to camp in september so that was fast <laughs> that was pretty fast i was actually yeah. supposed to go in august but i had to go to summer school for a class so it kind of detoured that time a little bit so i actually didn't get to go with my friend she went in august and we were supposed to be in a buddy program, and I didn't get to go because I had to go to summer school for one class. So I ended up going two weeks later. Um, mm,
2: okay.
0: Yeah, but um, I passed, like, so we I had to take an IST. I'm not sure if people still do that anymore to come and know. Yep,
1: still a case. Okay,
0: so, yeah, I had to take an IST. Crazy enough is I was on a track team, but I was, you know, 100 meters, so fast, so, like, uh, long distance. Yeah, no? long dist- yeah a mile and a different. half is kind of long distance. You know, three miles is long distance. So, um, IST was a mile and a half. I passed everything. Like, the first day that I got there, I could hang on a bar for 70 seconds. It was easy because I just had the upper body strength. But when it came to like running, like a mile and a half, yeah, I, I, just, I just cannot do it. So, I failed the IST. Oh, yeah, man. I failed it the first time. Our recruiter was so mad because <laughs> we had to drive like, to like upstate new york somewhere and we're in new york city so it's a couple of hours drive and he was like mad because you know obviously you gotta take that drive
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that could change it that
1: could change the ship date yeah
0: too. so i ran like 15 something at the time like the max of females was like 14 minutes or something like that so like i ran it like yeah. 15 something they wasn't giving waivers at least not for the time that i did it um, so I had to come back again, which was crazy because I came back a week later. Like, that's not enough time when <laughs> you think about it. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, like, I didn't have the right running shoes. I was running in Air Max 95s. Like, really?
1: I mean, yeah, I think, like... We just didn't really get all the shoe stuff. Um, Even, I would say, like, my first enlistment, maybe even into my second enlistment, like, I was still running, like, K-Swiss. Yeah, (laughs) like, they didn't tell (laughs) us the
0: proper, like... And now, unfortunately, you know, now that we know we're, you know, senior in the Marine Corps, that affects your feet and your knees and your shins and your back. And, like, you know, it's like the whole, you know, operation system, left bone connected to whatever bone. Those things connect, and they are problems in the future if you don't you know, oh, well for sure. so yeah for sure. so i did it again i failed it again <laughs> but i did 14.05 i think my run time because mm. they only made me do the run again because obviously i passed the other stuff so like and so what they labeled me as and i realized this when i became a drill show that is a soft failure so like you fail but it's recoverable like when you go to boot camp they feel like when you get the boot camp because I, I ran by myself, too. So, like, you run slower when you're by yourself sometimes. So, like, they felt like when she yeah. go to boot camp, being around other recruits, she'll probably run a little bit faster, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. And I did. I ran 12 minutes <laughs> when I did the IST of <laughs> boot camp. So, yeah. So, that theory is true. Um, but, yeah, they gave me, like, a waiver for five seconds. And I went to boot camp. I went to boot camp um, September 11th. I stepped on the yellow footprint. September 11th, 2000.
1: Yeah, it's amazing when you get to the depot, just how much more motivated you are. I, I just don't know if it's just the mentality, but... Um, I think it's that competitive
0: nature, you know? you just kind of competing. Not only... I think as recruits... Well, I could say for back in, our, back in our day, like, I know for me, I really wasn't thinking about anybody else per se. I was really just mm-hmm. kind of trying to compete with myself. I just sort of want to be labeled as a quitter, and I didn't want to get dropped.
1: Well, I'll tell you, for me, like, I didn't even run the initial streak test. Like, the, my recruiter knew I played football, so it was kind of like one of them things. And I played soccer, too. So he was like, oh, you good, man. I ain't even worried about it. And then uh, I I did pull-ups, and I did like 11 or 12 for the first time. Um, my first time ever doing pull-ups, by the way, too. Um, so, yeah, he was just pretty good with everything. But um, like you said, when I got to boot camp, it was just more like I think my ignorance helped me. Cause I didn't even know like how far a mile and a half was.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> like, when you don't think so much into it. I think you know, with a lot of stuff that you do, especially in the Marine Corps with shooting and all that stuff, it's yeah. good to be ignorant to those things because you don't create bad habits.
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, like, but, yeah uh... that was
0: my my journey um, to to boot camp, and and it's been a crazy road um, even now. I'm still technically yeah. in. They still own me, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: technically in. you I am. <laughs> I'm
0: nervous right now, so yes, I am still yeah. in. However, yeah. I'm not active duty. Um, I kind of decided that I kind of wanted to dictate my life, my own life. And I realized this, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can attest to this as well, is that, like, every four years is that insert- uncertainty, you know? After you do four years, now you mm-hmm. have a choice: do you stay or do you go? Um, yeah. Every four years, I kind of was telling myself that I didn't want to stay in. Like I felt like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't fit in. I didn't fit into the the modal, you know, squared away, poster board marine. That just wasn't my mentality. Like I'm just naturally like one of those people where if everybody going left, Karen is going to go right, just because. Everybody else is going left.
1: <laughs> so, this is shocking. So, I met you in, in a Radio Team yeah. course, which is like your follow-on course as you become a sergeant, staff yes. sergeant, and whatnot. But everything you're saying sounds contradictory. You were the poster <laughs> <to> Marine <laughs> Well, there.
0: I was brainwashed right <laughs> that, that point. We like, what? We were 10 years in the game? So, yeah, we, yeah. And then, everybody in our class, I, I think maybe three people, because but like everybody was coming off of a B billet, a special duty assignment. Like, yeah, so and
1: we had a, we had the recruiters versus yeah, drill so it was three drill
0: instructors. Yeah. All the rest of you, like fifty people in a class. So imagine three of us yeah. are drill instructors, and everybody else is recruiters. So mm-hmm. <laughs> except for like I think three three staff artists. But like yeah, I think everybody at that point, especially when you go to chief school, you're kind of drinking that Kool Aid by that point. You're, for you're, sure, you yeah. consider the career marine. Um, and especially on a drill field, you know, how we always say in the Marine Corps, fake it till you make it, you fake it so much that you actually think that's your life. (laughs) Like it's, it's it's the truth. Like you, you can't even differentiate between what is a lie and what is the truth anymore because you've been acting for so long that you actually start Mm -hmm. thinking that you're actually that person, you know, um. We're in character. We're We co- were in character for three years, like actors. So, <laughs> yeah, happy.
1: y'all, y'all like WWE, and, like wrestlers. And yeah, stuff. like we don't know,
0: we don't know when to turn it off, and that's why you see it a lot in the in fleet, the Fleet Marine Force, when people get off the drill field that they're still in character. <laughs> like, they don't know how to yeah. turn it off.
1: Um, yeah, one thing, one thing I would say though, we all, you know, had a, a good appreciation. You know, we would talk our mess because that's what Marines do. You know, yeah, talk yeah, man, but. At the end of the day, like we both know, we all played a part, you know, from a a child <laughs> deciding this is something they want to do for four years and the, the recruiter bringing them uh to boot camp and then you guys shaping them, you know, from that mm-hmm. point. So I think we all, you know, we all can appreciate, even though some would say, you know, hey, well, a drill instructor can't be a recruiter and vice versa, you know, whatever. If it, it put in those circumstances, I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, we have uh, the I, I've majority a couple of
0: people. drill instructors who were prior recruiters, honestly.
2: Yeah, yeah. True. Um
0: and I've met, you know, once I got off, not as many, but I have met drill instructors who became recruiters. Um that was actually mm-hmm. one of the goals that I wanted to do is I wanted to go to every section in TCOM to see the break like the what is what is the breakdown because you know, from the time they're poolies until you know, MOS school, they're super motivated. Once they get to their first yep. duty station, for some reason, there's a break where they just don't want to be in the Marine Corps no more. So where's that breakdown? Like, when did it start? Because in boot camps, no lie, some of them will literally sell their sisters to be Marines. So
2: <laughs> they'll yeah, sell yeah, their soul yeah. to the
0: devil to be a United States Marine. Broken bones and everything, they will cross that finish line. Mm-hmm. But, but for some reason, when they get to the Fleet Marine Force, that motivation is diminished, and that was what I wanted to to see. I didn't get to MCT. I actually put in a package for it, um, but yeah. then I took it back because I was a lot of people was like, for some reason, the whole generalization, which I'm not saying is real, not not my stereotype, but just what I heard, like, oh, people that go to MCT they want to be drone instructors. So I was like, mm, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, never mind. I mean, I was already off the dropper, so. I honestly didn't have anything to prove. I could have done it, but um,
2: yeah. I did
0: MOS school. I was at Augusta, Georgia, at Satellite Communication School, so I was an instructor for that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was a drill instructor. Now, actually, when I got off the drill, for, in 2012, when I got back from Afghanistan, I was actually asked to go to Tallahassee, Florida, to be an Oso recruiter, and mm-hmm. I actually turned it down because I was ignorant. Wow. I was ignorant at the time. Young, you know, come back from Afghanistan, finish the drill field, and my mindset was still on that recruiter versus drill field mentality. Um, and I was yeah. like, I'm not a no recruiter, I'm a drill instructor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, but it's just, it, it, that's just the Marine thing. We just pit each other, you know, yeah, you know that. Which
0: is crazy and unhealthy because I, you know, different perspective because now, now that I'm, you know, not, you know, in a uniform as often, is one of the things that I've learned is the Marine Corps preaches so much about being a brotherhood and a sisterhood and being a family. Yet we have this mm-hmm. unhealthy behavior of making each other compete with each other and step on each other like a barrel of crabs. Yeah, it's like a dysfunctional yeah. family. So we want each other to be to so you know, a family, but we want each other to be competitive as well. So, like, that's kind of like an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, I agree. It can it can definitely get unhealthy, but I think um you find a happy medium. Like I say, at, at Radio Chief course, I felt like we had, like, a really that's, solid true. that's happy true. medium. That's true. I mean, that's an
0: know, anomaly. You know, everybody because, was like, willing. You're in competition, but you're kind of in your own lane. Like, we're all Radio Chiefs from different units, so we're all kind of Chiefs in our own in our own right you know what i'm saying like it's not like we're competing for promotion everybody gets to graduate so it's not really like okay one of you out of 50 of you only one of you could graduate if that was the case the dynamics would have been totally different right
1: (laughs) yeah i I would say um i can i can like really chop out my career like during the 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 enlistment (laughs) periods you know four years at a time where i could see where you would say like when I was trying to become a sergeant, it, I was super competitive. I was mm-hmm. super cocky too. <laughs> and then when I transitioned to become a staff sergeant, I became not wiser, but I was like, "All right, man, you all that competitive stuff ain't where it's at. You just gotta try yeah. to help the younger guys." You know, that's what it. That's where it really started transitioning for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, but I, I think so. it becomes an unhealthy environment once we're like, you know, only thinking about you know fitness reports and only thinking about. Brown nosing and rubbing elbows with the right people and quote unquote networking to move up. I think it yeah. becomes unhealthy, and then, and at that point, are you really a leader? At that point, yep. Because now you're like, sure. you're you're an individual. Because the only thing you care about is yourself. So, I think yeah. uh, in the enlisted world, I know you're in the officer world now, so things run a little differently. <laughs> but in the enlisted world, yeah, I mean, you know, like it it becomes unhealthy. I think sometimes it it attributes even when we get out to the anxiety um social anxiety the competitiveness because mm-hmm. you know even though the civilian sector is kind of competitive to get a job the marine corps is competitive to keep the job so anybody i'm not say anybody yeah. could be a marine but we don't do resumes and all that stuff to become a marine so the process is a little bit easier but to stay a marine that's the hard part. That's yeah. that's the tricky part. Can you stay in a range? Can you can you endure twenty years, thirty years? That's that's where it becomes hard. Um, in the civilian sector, I think it's like the opposite. Yeah. So once you're in there, you're you're kind of in there unless you screw something up. But you know,
1: yeah, that's how you and how you want to go about your your time yeah. in too, right? So like, um, I had a a general that was like you know, preaching, earn your title every day. And that's something that, that always stuck mm-hmm. with me. Like, yeah, you, you definitely have to do that. that. Like, every day you got to wake up and, and, you know, have your that why, you know, why that are you doing true. this? I, thing,
0: I, you know? I told some Marines that when I was in camp, and I used to teach new germ brief as a GS employee. And I used to tell them one of the things I was told, you know, from a master sergeant, like in my first duty station is you sh- when you look in the mirror every day to adjust that uniform, button those buttons, you should be ready to earn your pay for the day. How did I earn my yeah. pay for the day? At the beginning of the day, how can I earn my pay for the day? And at the end of the day, did I earn my pay for the day? And if you feel like that answer is no, then you need to figure out, like you said, your why. Why am I doing this? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's, that's the, um, the biggest thing that we need to do. And I think when we stop realizing that or it becomes too much of a burden, then you gotta make solid choices because, especially being a leader of Marines, you not only affect yourself, but you affect your Marines um, and their why yep. because they're looking up to you. Um, so you mm-hmm. gotta figure out your why so that they can figure out their why through you.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna transition because we we ain't gonna be all <laughs> ooh on this one, but <laughs> talking it, but but I but I did want to say for me, what changed my my whole perspective on the Marine Corps was being my brother's okay. recruiter. Like, <laughs> I put my brother into the Marine Corps, like, walking him through the process. That's I helpful. Helped,
0: you know, I mean, that's... I wish I had somebody in yeah. family who did that for me.
1: Man, I'm telling you, like, it, it was night and day for me. Like, I, I felt like I was always a solid leader. You know, I knew, because I deployed, and I knew that um, those Marines <laughs> were under my charge, but it just totally changed after that. I was just like, wow, like, when I get new joins or when I just have young corporals or even, you know, being a staff sergeant mm-hmm. or a gunny, like I was like, man, I can really help change this staff sergeant and maybe had some bad experiences to now help affect them going forward. So, um, so that always, I mean, that just really, I think that's the good part <laughs> about B-billings, right? We go there and just get Definitely. a better perspective of, of how Definitely. we can impact. I think
0: but uh, whether you're recruiting Joel Shook or MSG or MCT, I feel like when you do those other billets outside of your normal MOS or, you know, specialties that you kind of get a different perspective and make you look at the Marine Corps in a, in a different, like a different eye, a different view. I guess that's kind of like, you know, how Oprah says it, my aha moment. Right. So that's your aha, your aha Mm. moment. Figure out, okay, this is, this is what they've been telling. This is the reason why we're doing this. This is the real reason, you know, Um, Yeah. so definitely agree with that.
1: All right. So for one other thing, I did want to cover. it. So it is mm-hmm. kind of still break. You've
0: been talking about that the so, time. So like, I do get called. transition, but yeah, you keep going back <laughs> to it. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so I
1: guess, um, so I get a lot of calls, uh, or, you know, relatives or people that I know reach out and, um, um, you know, I can tell them about the Marine Corps experience and at the end of the day, you know, we're all Marines, but I can't really speak from mm-hmm. a female's perspective, um, So that's something that I just wanted you to kind of speak on for you. Um, You know, what was Um, that like for you? In the beginning,
0: I, like you said, I kind of didn't have an opinion because I didn't know any history about the Marine Corps. Um, Honestly, it wasn't until recently Mm. that I actually started researching, you know, the historical background of, you know, being a minority in the Marine Corps. But I really didn't. I was really ignorant of the process. I figured, especially because I'm from New York City, where it's so diverse, that that would be the Marine Corps. So, like, I kind of had an open mind because I've never been in an environment that was sexist or racist at all, from Brooklyn New York, Mm -hmm. because it's so diverse. So um, I actually started, my first experience with it was in recruit training um, in, I think we was doing BWT, and obviously, females are always on track with, with males. And like a male drill instructor, like we're doing BWT, females, you know, we're not as fast, most of us. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but some females aren't as fast as the the male pack. They're just faster. Just what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just what it is. Like <laughs> you can try to be equal, but that, it just it's not the same. But... So like the male drill yeah. instructor, he like they used to say out loud like you know W M stands for walking mattress. Never marry a female marine. And this was in two thousand. So like imagine, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: different. It was twenty They're years Yeah, a lot ago, different. So, like, yeah. but
0: at the same time, you would think <laughs> in two thousand, like not only that, like and that's a lot of things that I had to tell like a lot of my male Marines, which was crazy. Is like you all have, you grew it's not like you, all the men grew up on a plantation in some cult by themselves, where they never experienced being around a female in their entire lives. You have, so stop being naive yeah. that when you join the Marine Corps that you're, you like, superior to, to women all of a sudden when you have a, probably a, you definitely have a mother, um, you probably got sisters, you no. probably got a wife, so I don't get the difference. I just don't understand it. So, like, I, after that, like, you know, our drone shows is obviously kind of, you know, they watered it down, you know, because you still want to maintain, like, Marine Corps is equal. You don't want to kind of demotivate the females. Um, and then yeah. joining the fleet, being in calm and you're in calm, but, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but females didn't really start being in radio or calm until, like, 1996, I heard. You see, like, all males back when we were, like, 2531s or whatever um and like obviously yeah. we couldn't go to infantry units so we were only in like headquarters companies or like air wings or support units so that meant all the males had to go yeah, to the infantry I, units all the time or recon or something like that which made yeah. them just frontal.
1: yeah i didn't yeah i didn't serve with uh, with well, a female under my charge until i was, yeah, but, until I was a yeah. staffer and it's I was small, which, units and know, yeah. combat, and we're
0: smaller yeah. i mean females only make up about what 8- eight yeah. to ten percent of the marine corps never really goes that high so like yeah like yeah. in your case when you've never been around a female now you're you know working wise and now you're a staff and co and you have a female under you it's it's a little bit different you can't talk to them the same as a man i know we all want to say we got to treat everybody equal but even the marine corps leadership traits and principles said "No, your marines and look out for their well-being that means they're not the same even the men
2: yeah.
0: you can't talk to them the same you can't treat them the same it's not about walking on eggshells it's about being a professional so i think that's what a lot of people the misconception yeah. is about oh you're treated equal you're treated it's not it's, it's not about treating them equal it's about not treating them separately, like even with, you know, racism separate, but equal. That's what we used to do for everybody. Right. Like, Oh, we're equal, but we still have segregated everything else. Well, that's not equal. Right. (laughs) So, so, um, Mm -hmm. I think with females, definitely a lot of changes for good has happened throughout the years, obviously 20 years. Um, it is it's a it reflection is, of society. we have to adjust right, for society, so, yeah. and unfortunately um the marine Corps is, it's it's not our job, but like they're not really tech savvy and we don't have that innovation we're We're getting better with being more you know innovative and educational and conscious I, right yeah, yeah, yeah kindly do Ky- <laughs> i just I just think that the Marine Corps has to evolve with the time. You know, even when I came to the Marine Corps, we came to the Marine Corps, I remember people say, oh, yeah, General Jones Marines. It's a new Marine Corps, right? I know you heard Mm, that. like General General Jones Marines. So that's the millennial Marines, right? So, like, things were changing In They were like, oh, things are changing. And so now we feel the same way that the generation before us felt in the Marine Corps. Oh, they're kind of gentler. It's just changes, and you have to adapt to the change, like, one of the things that Jay Z say, and I'm not saying that because he's from Brooklyn, but he is. Shout out to Jay Z. But
2: <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. do you
0: think I did so much of this stuff to act the same? You know, what I'm saying like all these changes that we have. Do you think we did so much of this stuff just to act the same? If we still act the same that, that we act, tw- if we still act the same as though we were 20 years ago, then we have not evolved. Not as people, not as a country, yeah, not as an sure. organization. So the Marine Corps is no different than any other organization in the rest of the world. You have to adapt and overcome. And that's one of the things that we preach, but we don't usually do it. <laughs> like, I don't know why.
1: I mean, I would say, I, I don't know. The places I've been, I've seen the changes. The place, You know, I, I've seen it. I tell Marines, you can only affect
0: True. what's in your
1: view, your purview, you know. So, you know, sometimes we want like, oh, I wish there was this swift wine that <laughs> the, the Commandant can make and everything would be great. Well yeah, it happens with us Marines that are on the ground level. So so yeah, I mean personally i s I've seen the change from staff NCOs to junior marines to I power marines. True. And even sometimes like and even sometimes like man, as a PFC, I could never have asked why. I could have never even needed to know the why. It that was like, true. Hey, go go do this and i but nowadays sometimes that's applicable you know sometimes you can say you so know give the why to that Marine i mean i think so we
0: they should. So, i feel like is it and i think as a leader of marines you have to you have to tell your marines these things up front like look there's gonna be times where we don't have time to freaking give you the five w's right like we just don't have time to do that we got to get it done yeah. i'll explain it later we'll explain the why later but there are times where you can explain it to them yeah. and you should explain it to them. One of the things that I learned to do um, as a staff and CO is, you know, if you have a whiteboard or if you have time to have like morning meetings or stuff like that or end of the day meetings with your Marines, I have all of my Marines in there. They're all in, they're all in there. And I put stuff yeah. on the whiteboard, especially in the beginning of the day. And I put like taskers for the day. Because one of the things I never wanted to be is mm. what if I'm not there? What if the platoon sergeant is not there and the PFC is in the office or, or in the area and an officer coming there or a senior staff and CO comes in there and they're asking that PFC or private what's going on or that Lance Corporal. And they were like, I don't know. Right. They don't know. But I want them to know. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to know. Like I want they need to know what's going on. They're, they're part of this shop. Yeah. We don't move unless we move as a unit. And that's teamwork. So, like, they need to know just as much as, you know, I need to know. I don't need to tell them all the intricate details, but I need to tell them their place, their why. Why are we doing this? What is in it for me, right? So one of the things we learn with them, right, what is in it for me? I need to tell them why are we doing it, why they're doing it, and when we need to get it done, right? And so, like, one of the things I learned in MWSS 273 is – we used to have, like, three sayings. Like, what do I know? He, who needs to know? And have I told them, right? No, or
2: i know. That's, yeah. yep, yep. I
0: yep. am, even in my civilian life, I kind of practice that. Never want to be the last person holding the information. Tell somebody
1: for sure yeah all those things definitely transition to the civilian sector and that's okay. a good segue <laughs> to what i'm gonna talk about next so <laughs> so yeah so you said you know you did the reservist side um so you did transition out and, i did uh, it was easier employment. than the marine
0: corps, said, right? uh, the marine corps says so, it's gonna be a hard life you're trying to go into the civilian world it's actually not as hard if you have a plan <laughs> so
1: So, one thing, agreed, agreed. One thing's interesting to me is that, um, you know, we both come from the communication field. That's what I'm in, you were in, but you transitioned and did something else uh, once you got out. I'm a
0: health safety and environmental manager for Cummins Engines. So, I'm a regional manager and I manage um, six or seven offices um, throughout Cummins North region. I'm also the subject matter expert for environmental for the North region. Um, and I'm a Cummins Women's Ambassador, so like, yeah. So I did something totally different, but it is a part of the Marine Corps because had I not done these things in the Marine Corps, I probably wouldn't have got this job or had this job or had this opportunity. So, I when I came into the Reserves, I wanted to come back on orders because at the time I had a spouse, and he was stationed at Marsock, and I was stationed at Marsock as a reservist and in the IMA program, the individual individual mobilization on program, which is you attach your active duty unit as a reservist, and you work like during the week. So when they go to work, you go to work. So you can either go on orders, which is like your kind of like active duty status, sort of, kind of, or you could Mm -hmm. just do your drill days, Um, but it's during the week, so you don't work weekends, because who wants to work weekends, right? Why do I want to work during the week in my civilian job and then turn around and work on the weekends? That's crazy. <laughs> like that's exhausting. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um So yeah. So like when yeah. I heard that, obviously I heard that opportunity from another reservist when I was in career course. um I didn't know what that was because nobody talks about the reserves when you active duty. Apparently, so I didn't know what any of this was. <laughs> First. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Became this. There was a billet in Marsoc, um at the headquarters for. A safety chief, so you'd be pretty much working for the chief of staff um, and advising him on safety issues. and And I had a GS thirteen as my boss; she was pretty awesome. And I had like two. Um, I had a contract I was working on. He was prior military retired, and then I had a GS eleven. I was working alongside as well. He was prior military, um, Purple Heart, and everything. And I was like, so I was like in awe of him because I'm like, you're a Purple Heart recipient, like I. I, I know, like in the Marine Corps, we're like fascinated with stuff like that. And We like thinking like they're the best, like he yeah, had combat action ribbons and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, you're like a war hero, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and like, I was, I'm fascinated. I'm like the paparazzi when yeah. I get around people like that. It yeah, it's, is. There's quite right? a few of them walking around. So another. I was like fascinated. But, yeah. So like, I, got into the safety chief uh, role. And one of the things I had to do is go to a course called Ground Safety for Marines, which is on Camp Lejeune at Base Safety. And through through that course, um, it's a two-week course. You get an additional MOS. And you also, only on Camp Lejeune, I can't speak about anybody else, because they're all instructors through NC State for OSHA, um, you get a 10-hour OSHA general industry card out of it. So it's a two-for-one deal. And that was when I... Got a passion yeah. for it. Because I'm like, oh, man, we get a certificate and OSHA card that could translate to the civilian world for it. And then I graduated as one of the honor graduates. So you had to get a 100 on every test. So I, <laughs> yeah, so that was, okay, kind of pumped you. me up. Yep, and then, like, my my boss, she was like, um, she was like, wow, like, you're good at this. And it was, like, one of the times where I kind of stood out against the peers, you know, because, like, we're just competitive in a And I always kind of couldn't find... Where do I fit in, right? So where do I fit in, in the Marine Corps? Where do I fit in in, mm. in this world? And and that was it. So I found what I was good at, and I just stuck with it. From that point on, I went to like every OSHA class they was given, <laughs> every every OSHA class. And then mm. um, the base safety director, um, Mr. Ron Sarmento at the time, he sought me out and he was like, "I want to by name request you to be a GS employee. Are you interested?" So I got by name requested because of my dedication and because I was always going to the classes and I never missed a class that they had on base safety for safety. Um, and I had like nope. all these cars. I, had, I got an OSHA 10 hour and 30 hour in construction engine or industry. I got radiation safety. I got respiratory protection. I got NFPA certifications. Like I I made sure every class that was given, I was gone. Like I went. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh, and uh, the cool thing about safety is kind of like the medical. It plan. does. Like, it applies can, to basically every everywhere in the world. You know what I'm saying? saying? So you
0: you that job is never gonna go yeah. out of you know out of style. Never gonna diminish. Every organization has safety. Um, so that was one of the things that I learned about, and through the Marine Corps, because when you're in uniform, all those classes were free. You know, people exactly yeah, like who yeah, they're like these things so i did that then he by name requested me obviously the gs process takes forever and a day <laughs> it took almost a year um yeah and then i i didn't know how to write a federal resume so it's way different than writing a civilian resume it's like an inflated fitness report times 10 so they don't look at your resume unless it's like five pages or more can you mm. imagine writing a five-page resume I mean, I guess we could, because we have all these fitness reports. Yeah. <laughs> now, you
2: I, now, now then, I can. <laughs> exactly. You have nothing to But I did. I had 14 years of plus my own
0: safety <laughs> experience now. So I just kind of copy and paste my bill accomplishments and sorted it out from there as it pertains to the job that I wanted. Um, and then in the GS world, they want everything. So like, if you use a drone shelter, if you use a recruiter, if you use a platoon sergeant, you put all that in there because that yeah. goes towards your you know, step increase or GS 9, 10, 11, however they want to place you. Um, So I actually got first time and I had college. I had a degree. um, I just graduated college. So, like, I actually got approved based on my resume to be a GS 11 from the beginning, which doesn't really happen to Mm. a lot of people, but because I went to all these classes and I had a degree, um, that was what I was approved for by HR. But... Unfortunately, I got busted down to a, not busted down, but I, the people in base safety said that because I do not know how they do things, that they wanted to teach me that. And as an 11, you're like a manager. So as an 11, you're already, you should already know these things. We don't have to, we shouldn't have to teach you these things. So I, I, be, I was a nine slash 11. Which okay. <clears throat> you're a nine in a year. You're an 11. So, it's, yeah, it's a guarantee promotion. Oh, so, that's like guaranteed in the end, promotion. I really wouldn't. I didn't really sweat it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hurt my feelings because I'm like, yo, I really got eleven. Like, I was kind of proud of myself. So I knew internally, I rated that eleven. You know, but had I been anywhere else, they probably okay. would have just, you know, made me an eleven. But, but I'm still super afford. Like, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do it because a lot of people one don't get by name requested especially mm-hmm. if they're not retired, most people get, you know, they're mm-hmm. already retired by the time they become GS employees. And, and, and to be in that step, sure. a lot of people work from like five, you know, and they got to work all the way up. Um, and, and I was afforded that opportunity from day one. So yeah, I did that. And then That's I, good. I became right an there. instructor. Like... Again, I wanted to go to all the classes because I knew that that was not really the end all be all for me. Being like a GS, plus they wasn't making a lot of money because you're in Lejeune, you don't make that much money in Lejeune, right? (laughs) The cost of living is super low, so yeah. Um, as a GS 11, technically, um, you're not making as much, not even as a staff sergeant. (laughs) I'm like, I was making more as a staff sergeant than I was as a GS because you got to remember, like, all those pack free, yeah, like, it's get all those additional pay so. I was like, yeah, I can't, like, I want to get my experience. So I did it for almost two years as a GS. And then I started putting in my resume through Indeed and Monster because now I had experience. Now I had experience at college and I still had the Marine Corps, but I needed to have like solid safety civilian world experience. So then I had got two offers, one from Hayward and Baker, and they were one of the people that helped with the new World Trade Center. And then I got one from the company that I'm currently in, Cummins Engines. And did not know, found out later, all of our Humvee engines and a lot of our generators uh, come as engines. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know that. Nah, the company. Um, and I will tell a lot of people just like, one of the things I feel like to me that stood out in the interview, I had to do like four interviews because that's just the way companies are. And if you're trying to do the big four, or the FANG, which I just heard about um, in the last couple of months, the big tech companies, that's is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. So those are the big companies that you want to work for. But their process is even longer. Yeah, well, it's not longer, but the you get an interview like five different times. Pretty sure. Well, they ha-
1: and they also have like preferred benefits. They or, do. Me, Amazon for sure.
0: Like, Amazon definitely has a preferred stuff uh, stuff. program. They have a um, military recruiter um so they have a lot of great programs um yeah. and they also sought out because we already have that leadership experience and, and and some of that experience that you don't get you know from a degree you need a real life experience for that so i think that's why they sold after like you know military veterans
1: yeah What? I would say it's always uh, exciting for me to hear yeah, fellow Marines that get out and doing good good things because uh, I look I look forward to uh, turning in my uniform and, and getting on the civilian side. But uh, yeah, I, I always love to hear. It wasn't you know, that smooth, especially you know, a smooth one like smooth. yours.
0: Think, you know, so because people don't know the grind that people put that we all put in. We just kind of just see the aftermath of it. That's just one of the things yeah. that I do. Like, I never tell... I might have a select amount of close friends that I tell people, like, oh, I'm interviewing for this, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. I'm cool for this. But I never really mm. put it out into the universe for everybody to see until after I've already accomplished it. Because I just feel like, you know, some people could put that bad karma sure. on you, that bad juju on you. They not... Everybody not always happy for you. So after that. But yeah, there was it was a oh, process I will say true. I am fortunate in the fact that I was married when I got out the Marine Corps and when I was taking these turns because before yeah. I came back in the military, you know, as a reservist, I was a lieutenant in the Department of Corrections. And I became a lieutenant in six months. That's the fastest that anybody has ever done. It takes people sometimes ten years to be a lieutenant. Um but I did it in six months and skipped ranks. And it was through the Marine Corps, my Marine Corps experience, obviously. And I became an academy instructor. So I was training cadets to be correction officers and with only six months' experience. And I was a lieutenant, like a little butter yeah. bar um, with six months' experience. So, yeah. So, like, it was definitely, I was a lot of opportunities. But I was a lieutenant, but I was getting paid like a PFC. So... <laughs> All money ain't good money. That's the thing. Like, people think, you would know, <laughs> think those accolades. Well, it was definitely. Stepping stones, stepping though, stone, too. Right? I thought it was I wanted also, to yeah. um, And that's why I have a degree in criminal justice is I wanted to be a probation officer. And someone told me, why don't you just get the OJT from being a correctional officer to kind of figure out what you want to do and, and get, like, a feel for it. So that's why I became a correctional officer. Um, and then I realized when I did it, which I'm glad I did it like that, um, is because it sucks, so, <laughs> and the money sucks so yeah i was like yeah you know, yeah so you just scrapped, um, yeah, you scrapped all that no, i yeah. put all my effort into it and that's how i became a lieutenant so it's not like i like sandbagged it or nothing you know yeah. i i put my effort into it and i everything i yeah. do i say everything that you do put passion into it or put every effort into it so that at the end of the day you leave nothing leave, you leave nothing left on the table there's no ifs there's no shoulda, coulda woulda's like i did everything i could and yeah. it just didn't work out. um and that's what it is. so yeah like i was a lieutenant mm-hmm. and then that's when i came back on, on active duty orders and um yeah and then here i am. so so we'll see what my next journey is. i just finished so fall semester, well i didn't fin- i didn't graduate but All fall right. semester Come. is over. so yeah, fall semester is done. so we'll see yes one step closer to my one step MBA closer finishing. to that match. So, like, MBA I will yeah. say um, <laughs> and you hear about it a lot like yeah. besides obviously the technical degrees MBA for it to be non-technical it's very taxing it is very one of those degrees that it's it's a little bit of everything in business and it's it's a lot to me because I've come from mm. a social science background so like I had to do four prerequisites on top of the curriculum so that's that starts bringing yeah, your yeah. your uh motivation and your you know your graduation date it sets it back a little bit because you're not graduating in two years because your curriculum you just added four classes to it um so yeah that but yeah it's it's i'm very fortunate that i didn't have to pay for any of it so
1: <laughs> yeah and i yeah, And one thing that's cool, too, because cause, you're mom, right? So, and I can attest to this, like, um, even, like, during COVID, like, for, because I'm so you know, working on my master's, but for kids yes. to see that you're still grinding it out while they're still doing their stuff, like, so, yes. like, hey, don't give me no excuses, back, out. I'm still yes. going to we work and doing my job. So I've, been, uh, I've been
0: fortunate that I've yeah. been working remotely since March, even though, I'm getting tired of it, but a lot of people are not afforded with that opportunity, so I'm very grateful for that. But you know, also my classes are Zoom classes, so technically it was supposed to be in the classroom, but due to the pandemic, we can't be in the classroom, so it's via Zoom. So imagine looking—you already doing, you know, remote working for eight to ten hours, and now I got to look at a professor for three hours. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. so it it was it was pretty yeah i know it's it's pretty exhausting you know and it is one of those things where i want those to me i like i like going to school i'm a lifelong learner i'm already thinking about the next certificate that i want to get after my mba probably something in the information you know uh systems or something like that i'm actually thinking about that um yeah so like it's i'm i'm excited to finish hopefully i finish god willing december 2021 so we'll see and i, I want I like to that, I <laughs> be able to tell my grandkids that you can do whatever you want you don't have to just stick to one thing and and that's just that defines you you know like whatever you want to do you can do it I wanted to be a correctional sure. officer. I did it. Then I realized I didn't want to do it. So okay, I'm not doing that no more. I want to be. I want to go back into the Marine Corps. Okay, I realized I didn't want to do that either no more. <laughs> now I'm doing something yeah. else. You get to say like I like to be able to say yeah. I was able to do yeah. everything that I wanted to do.
1: So you start to sound <laughs> like the female version. And of then Ford we gotta move right? right? so it, right? Like...
2: <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> I just think hey, yeah, I I'll, just think I'll I think give you, you this, should don't, be, don't never please. be complacent. Cause I think if you stay in a position, even whether it's the military, whether it's a relationship or anything, you're either gonna you're gonna get real lazy or real crazy, right? So I think um you should never stay stagnant and just be content. Mm-hmm. Do what you're passionate because when the going gets tough, like you're not gonna quit because you love you might not love the the steps it takes to get to there, but you love what you're doing. You love. You're passionate about that specific topic. Of course, it's gonna have like bumps in the roads and stuff like that. But for sure, you're going to finish it because you're so passionate about it. If it's something that you're not passionate about and you don't really want to do, and you kind of just going through the, you know, going through the what do they call it? Going through the motions of it, you're easily gonna quit, Either gonna quit mentally or physically. So. I, it's not like I don't. I tell people I don't call it quitting; it's called resigning. That's what we call it in the civilian. <laughs> not quitting; it's called resigning. You just know when to throw in the towel. Sometimes, yeah, that is the best learning experience to know that I did it. I know I could do it because I've accomplished it, and it's just not for me right now. It's not for me anymore. And okay.
1: Nah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I got I got a little bit of that. I think we stay in, so in the Marine Corps. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking with the you, career you know. aspect.
0: Like, you know, I'm definitely still in the Marine Corps because I've came to not get a retirement check. Right. Like, who does that? But I I did get out. So, like, when I got out in 14 years so. um, and I was a correction, I was a lieutenant at the time and I had a retired colonel in the army. He was retired, but he was the director of the academy. He told me he's like, why would you get out the Marine Corps? And have nothing to show for it, like because I got out willingly, you know. And I was mm. like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Only thing you're gonna have to show, yeah, yeah. only thing you have to show for it is, back- Marine Corps stories. That's all you have. You have no, ret- you have nothing to show for your time in the Marine Corps, besides just stories that we don't know if it's true or not." <laughs>
1: I mean, if you're saying, yeah. Yeah, the, so that of, was his, like, pay that
0: his giving me, he was giving pay. me a why, yeah, right? I, so he <laughs> was telling me, obviously, he was already retired, retired officer. He probably didn't even need to be the director of the academy, but, you know, whatever. But he was like, why don't you just go back in and be a reservist? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And that's why I did it. That is that is why I did it. If it wasn't, and I was out for eighteen months, and then I came back in. So like, if if it wasn't for that talk, and I wish it would have came from somebody in the Marine Corps, (laughs) but it didn't. But yeah, I mean, yeah. But you
1: took your path. You took your path. um,
0: Don't be me. Be better than me. You don't. I'm yeah. I'm telling you the path so that you don't go in this crazy, chaotic zigzag path that i went to. i'm trying to tell you to go straight you know um you don't have to go left or right like everybody else but it's definitely easier to go in a path that you know yeah. the uncertainty before you get there a lot of us didn't know that you know like we did, we just kind of went and you just kind of facing fears by yourself kind of thing like i wish i had a mentor in a marine corps i wish I had someone who kind of showed me the ropes. I wish I had a brother who was a recruiter. <laughs> like I wish I had I wish I had those things and I didn't have those yeah. things anymore. Like me versus me, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My experience is a little different, but yeah, I I, I had solid mentors and, and people that helped to steer my career because I was gonna get out at four years. Like I even had job interview, everything. Um all set up. Uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I didn't have any mentors, me like, in,
0: whatsoever, so, but, uh, but it really, I, I think by, by the time I had, like, my first mentor, which is sorry, Major Brown, she's retired, I still told to to this day, I was already on the drill field, <laughs> like, I should have had a mentor before that.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't, nah, that definitely shouldn't have, well, we wasn't doing, like, the... Even the force yeah. mentorship program that we were doing that is uh, true. It, it, like it really doesn't capture marriage. what it should be. <laughs> That's but, your
0: uh, mentor. You they probably have yeah. nothing in common with that person. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you're supposed to different.
1: choose your mentor. That was the whole thing. But exactly. uh, depending on your platoon, your they're probably like, nah, mentor.
0: this, your this is you just... your mentor. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. That's not how this works at all. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was kind of yeah, like a check out. That box was a kind of that thing. was a like, funny program. Kind of like let's just say we did this kind of thing, uh, <laughs> which nobody definitely body. happened. I don't, do we still do that to this day? Do we do that? I I, um,
1: I only have I only work with a staff NCO now, so I don't have a, a large large group anymore yeah. like a platoon <laughs> like I used to. But I doubt it. I doubt that's the case. But uh, but um. Uh, so yeah, one one thing I uh, will say. So you went from mm. well, you are still on the East Coast technically, but you went from New York,
0: the Dirty South, and,
1: yeah. Uh, and then you moved to the nah. South. Uh, I, I'll give a, I won't give give your area where you at, but uh, but uh, so can you talk a little bit about like COVID in New York for you during that time period versus
0: yeah, I think COVID it's totally different where you at now, um, in, 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 like Southern area. Unfortunately, I wish you know the pandemic in the South was as, like, people cared about it more. I feel like people take it for granted. Maybe that's that, the Republican Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. You know? But I just feel like they're just kind of more complacent with it, or they feel like, I don't got it, so I don't got to wear a mask. But people don't understand the purpose of even wearing a mask. They don't even wear it correctly. They wear the same cloth one every day, which if you got to do that, you might as well not even wear it. The blue goes on the outside. you got the white showing on the outside. Yeah. There's filters in that mask. And I know that because I'm safety. So that is literally yeah. my job. But people don't understand the purpose of wearing a mask. So the mask isn't for, you know, like me, right? Like it isn't, or it isn't for, it's to protect you from me. So that's what the mask is for. Like people think, yeah, oh, yeah. I wear the mask and I won't get it, yeah. right? So like, no, the mask isn't, for you to not get it the mask is so people are protected from you that's the thing like if people don't uh, understand that so that's the purpose of why everyone should wear it because if you wear it and i don't wear it and we're in close vicinity guess what you and if i have it then i can transmit it to you
1: yeah and and i would say you can't from the New York side of things, yeah. We're still wearing, yeah, and New because it's so like with, congested you know, in New a New York lot of COVID City, cases, it's right? kind of so, like,
0: and then that's one of the what people call the land of opportunity. So, you know, all immigrants and everything that's the kind of their camp, yeah, like everyone comes in from there, you know, yeah, all diverse, the time, thousands yeah. of immigrants and stuff like that. So, um, it was kind of like one of those inevitable, those large cities were going to get hit first, and because New York City is very congested compared to like California or something like that. I mean, you, you don't know like who has it, who doesn't, you know, kind of thing. Um, everything went into lockdown really fast and I was at the time living in a two bedroom apartment, even though it costs crazy amount of money, but like, yeah, I'm living in a two bedroom apartment and everything shut down. So like my whole perspective of my life just came to a halt in a matter of a day. And that isn't good mentally yeah, for people you know. because we don't know how to you know, we didn't know how to adjust to they told us how to adjust to this because they didn't know how to adjust to it, right? So like now you're just forced to like be on lockdown in your house. Okay, what yeah. do I do? What do I do now? We don't know. Just sit here until yeah. we figure something out. Then you got one month past, two months passed, three months passed, four months, like you still gotta sit in your house and do what? you start to go stir crazy especially if you live alone
1: yeah you said it was one point in time right where uh, i did
0: so you basically was in just in the house and having food delivered and didn't really to exit May, the home I did not leave my house at all my apartment yeah like i worked from home so like i didn't have to do that That's old, old schools everything was shut <laughs> down i got groceries delivered i got boxes delivered and i had a certain day in a certain time when I did everything, so I did everything in one day, so like if I got groceries delivered, that was on Friday, I went to the you know incinerators, out, take out the trash, I checked my mail. everything was on Friday so that I shower right after I wash my hands, wipe everything down. I don't have to do things in different days and then start forgetting my routine if that makes sense. So I kind of created like a little routine, but then you get stir crazy and I'm like, I was so used to I used to go to CrossFit every morning. You know, shout out to Urban Athletics in Syracuse, but yeah, I used to go to CrossFit every morning um, at six o'clock and do CrossFit, and then I would, you know, I always went I went to work because I traveled for work. I didn't, you know, I had to travel to Pennsylvania and other places like that to go to work. And now everything was shut down, so like mentally, my mind was like, "What the heck is going on?" And people didn't understand. Like, and I I tell a lot of yeah. people that in the in 2020, I realized that I don't want to be single no more. <laughs> like, I don't want to be single no more. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, companionship a, you
1: know, a, is uh, definitely so, helpful know, me during my time seven-year-old. Like, we having
0: like yeah. real-life adult conversations, and who wants to do that with a seven-year-old, right? So, like, you start like really. I felt like, um, yeah, I forgot the name yeah. of the the movie with Tom Hanks where he's on the island. He gets stranded on the island. Start talking to the Yes, so that's how I started to feel and I'm sure a lot of people yeah, can relate cast to that away. but the yeah. mental health skyrocketed and people don't need, if you pay attention to the statistics mental health kind of skyrocketed suicide rates skyrocketed during this pandemic and I could definitely attest to it yeah. I was having like crazy like panic attacks um and not knowing like where it was coming from I'm like what the heck mm. is going on in my life right now like I, like I never knew. Like prior to that, I never knew with those terms. Like you hear so much in the Marine Corps and those things, you know, the mental health and PTSD and those kind of terms. But unless you're directly affected by it, they're just words, right? Because you don't know what that means. And sometimes people don't even think that is true, right? They don't think that that's real. That's real. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people dismiss it too. Yeah, they don't acknowledge it. There's a lot of times
0: that I didn't acknowledge it. Even don't acknowledge it. And now you have nothing but time during a pandemic. I'm single, you know, and I and that's why I say that's the time that I wanted to have a campaign is because I has I would have had somebody to have my back. That would have been there for me. We could have been arguing every day, hated each other, but I know you got my back, and I got your back. But when you by yourself, it's you versus you. Mm -hmm. You ain't got nobody. And you got all these thoughts in your head that you haven't had because you compartmentalize your whole life. At least that's what I used to do, is do a million things to not think about things that I can't control. And then now my life is at a standstill. And now I have to deal with all those internal mental things that I did not think about 20 years ago.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, your your experience... uh, yeah, sure heard one is not a a uncommon because a lot of people, yeah. you know, dealing with this uh, alone in some cases. Um, but I mean, even I think even for those that are in relationships, you know, we all have felt somewhat of that, you know. Um, and it's just like I even know my kids, like just still having conversation with them, That's checking true. on their mental health because they aren't seeing their friends, they aren't doing the things that they used to, they, you know, used to do. First, so
0: like and um, like major. but yeah, he he'd he be in the and he just cried because he like he missed you see them on the zoom you know the kids and the teacher but you're like I, I'm in a house like I can't do anything especially in New York City where do you go what do you do it's not like they got a yard to play in you know so yeah. that was another reason why I moved to the south because I needed to mentally yeah. focus and I had to get myself together and I felt like being in the south you mm-hmm. there's more land there's more space to do that so I was like I'm gonna rent a house I got a yard that's an acre, yeah. even though I've only been in there twice, but at least I could do that if I want to, right? I can't do that in a two-bedroom apartment living on the third floor, scared to get on the elevator with mm-hmm. 10 other people, you know? So um, I live in a subdivision, so if I want to go for a walk, I'm going to go for a walk, you know? If I don't, then I don't, you know? But like I I needed to do that, so I'm, I'm only in the South not r- to live I'm just here until this pandemic kind of subsides up north and you know i'm a city girl so i gotta go back
1: <laughs> yeah it was good yeah and that's good for you like to you know make that decision yeah you know, definitely,
0: know,
1: like, hey well definitely. I, I probably I need to move this in the situation Corps, like, we, to we, something we PCS, that's more pca so yeah, much that, more you know
0: every two to three years you kind of get that itch that it's time to go anyway so um mm-hmm. I call myself a gypsy. My family, they say they think I'm For on a sure. run because I move so much. But <laughs> they're like, who are you on a run? Like, are you like,
2: are you running from
0: man or something? Like, no. I just like different areas. Like, you know, you know. Yeah.
1: You trying to, well, you trying to a run. A companion, forward, man or woman. What you said yeah. earlier. <laughs>
0: Yes, freedom, a companion. Whatever. I'm sorry, freedom yeah, you're right, love. you're right. I'm sorry, yep, yep, you're right. <laughs> I don't discriminate, yep, yep. you
1: know
2: what I
0: mean?
1: You're right, you're right, you sure right. Um, I hear you. So, vaccines, is it mandatory? Mandatory vaccine. Um, what's your well, thoughts? This
0: is on what I heard, that? I don't know, like, because they haven't well, uh, said anything to us as yet. Um, that it's not going to be mandatory because it's still kind of in the clinical phases, I guess, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any guidance uh, saying mandates, so let me walk that back. But but they are, it is, so they <laughs> they are advertising it. that it's I about to be available so first responders um, have if you choose to get
0: it. As of last week. And mm-hmm. then I think after first responders, it's going to be people in assisted mm. living, so the older people, so that they can, you know, see their loved ones and stuff, you know, because they couldn't do that either. So imagine being 80, 90 years old in assisted living and you trapped in this room, right? They probably feel worse than we do, worse than I do. So,
1: yeah. Well, so the the research that I've seen, yeah, I think it's like two or
0: three. It it takes
1: multiple vaccines because I think, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's the case with when you're talking about um these first responders that are getting i don't know if they're just getting yeah. the Pfizer one are yeah. they getting uh um, yeah, you think, know which so version they're getting the some of I, them you know so the one that told me things, she so.
0: works for my company but she's also a volunteer first responder so she got one um but she said there's like a series and she was going to send me the list of i guess the breakdown of the hierarchy of who gets in next kind of thing um <laughs> Because I wanted to know that information because, you know, you know, in the military, they be telling yeah. us at the last minute, you know, everybody go to medical, right? In an hour. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they don't they don't give us like Man. beforehand proactive guidance, right? Like we get reactive guidance or like the day prior or something like that. So I want I kind of wanted to have that information beforehand. But I'm going almost I'm almost positive. Well, she said it's a series. So you yeah. get one. I think you got to wait like a week or two, then you get like the other, or you got to wait a time period to get the other. Yeah, the anthrax and smallpox and stuff like It was like kind that. of like so the
1: the, the anthrax, how we were getting um, them. Yeah.
0: No, on no. the bright side, I'm actually kind of good that the military gave us all these shots that we didn't know about, right? So, because they could have been helpful <laughs> right now. They probably helped us. Um, <laughs> like the malaria pills <laughs> and all those other stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. I definitely think they're helpful. I would almost assume, and I think -hmm. it's probably going to be mandatory for kids because, you know, they need immunizations. It is mandatory for them to go to school, to have certain immunizations. I know in New York, once a week, the kids and the teachers had to get um, the COVID testing. So I would almost assume it's going to be mandatory for kids. I Also for...
1: I imagine at some point, yeah, they, yeah. they definitely haven't think, came out um, there yet, as far as on base, base I don't know
0: schools, if DOD but. schools is still is like the same for like, state, like, state schools and stuff like that, but yeah, I think um, I think for kids I think it should be, even though they're less susceptible, but I feel like they can be carriers or asymptomatic, and it's not more so for them, but more so for the parents to be protected, because we aren't asymptomatic, right? So like it's more so, you know. They say, "What is it? Eighteen or twenty-nine year olds." That's like that. If you're twenty-nine and younger, you're less at risk. Yeah, I'm past that twenty-nine year old. Yeah, the mortality more,
2: rate so. is very low.
1: Children
0: healthy. For...
1: Well, I mean, but even then.
0: Yeah, I, I even would, then like, i think the mortality yeah, rate i don't want to put myself in high, necessarily but yeah, risk. that's just me like I rather risk you know be safe than sorry so <laughs> i i am like i'm one of those I mean, you like you keep I it true really to your safety not roots not my though, house. So <laughs> i have not left my house i went yesterday because I, t- I, I have a cat so i you know i had to take it to the vet but you can't even go inside the vet because you know don't want you to get the pet sick. So you get the pet sick, you get the doctor sick and everybody sick. So you got to wait outside. Like they don't, you don't even get to go inside. You got to take your pet, have a little carrier for them and, and meet them at the door and you got to have a mask and everything else. You pay for it over the phone. You don't, you don't go inside or anything. So like I try to do everything in, on Saturday or Sunday, Monday through Friday. That's like my quarantine time. So like if I did, expose myself or whatever or if i was exposed yeah. to anything then monday through friday would be that time that i would kind of like self quarantine hopefully people are also doing that but i know everybody can't do that because they got to go to work you know but isn't virginia quantico don't you have um y'all still on the yeah. work from home days
1: yeah i mean it's it's uh they mm-hmm. promote for us to stay at home uh don't come in unless you absolutely have Family. to uh, so. especially during the, the holidays because people have
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know less than less than 10 people but they do have people visiting so um you know they don't want to bring that into work and then infect the the work environment I so know. yeah they they definitely tell us to you know stay at home but uh i i still come in you know a couple times a week do what i have to do and um and uh, but I mean, I, I I think the majority of folks are still reluctant to take the vaccine just because of some of the propaganda that's out there. Uh, as far as you know, hey, people are having allergic reactions to this, or people don't know, you know, you start taking, they start making like a minority thing where, like, well, they use. Tuskegee Airmen to do all these the research the on why they want so like, that's to get not... his vaccine to black people first, you know. So,
0: well, that's what I'm saying. And that would that be the worst thing. Can you imagine the if that, the test um, dummies was the first responders? Or well, trying to cause chaos is to cause chaos. going to help us if they're dead. <laughs> so, come on now. We got to be smarter. Be smarter than average bear.
1: Yeah. But there were well, there were well, there were people out there that actually were saying, but again, you talk about pundits on TV, CNN, and, and the different news stations that are saying, uh, yeah, you know, we should definitely give it to the minorities because,
2: um, yeah,
1: you know, there's a lot of health concerns with some of my minorities, which is true. Uh, so a lot of people were, I guess, preaching for that to happen, but then from Black folks, brown folks were saying, like, uh, we're not going to go for that. I mean, they,
0: they have their, to the right. But how
1: others I react mean, they, to this, they, this vaccine. I think so, again, I...
0: one of the things that we need to be mindful of as consumers or as people that are exposed to so much information because of the digital age is that too much information can be bad for you. So, like, especially when you start relying on social media as one of those news sources they're not news sources not even cnn or nbc all these places they're not news sources do your own research by researching it researching these companies like pfizer and the biotech company that actually came out with it like yeah, pfizer has what... been talking about it for like the past six months so you can actually yep, go on yep. their website and kind of look at the ingredients and research those ingredients Go to WebMD, Google, or go talk to your doctor, and figure out: Am I allergic to these these ingredients? And if you are, then don't take it. You know what I mean? So like, that that's the thing. But if they're giving it to first responders first, and then old people, I mean, you kind of gotta you gotta use the, You know, your G two right? Like that.
1: I'm with you. I'm,
0: with, am, I'm just saying, this I is, this is, is
2: ignorant, this is. But is, I, I know you're dumb. aware at that people day, feel this way. I can't this, tell, right? like, it's not for me to say
0: you should <laughs> yeah. take it. But I will yeah. say this, and I told somebody this like months ago. Like, if you don't take yeah. it, it's your prerogative not to take it. But stay your ass at home. Don't be around people then, because you're exposing. Yeah, or, or, me or, or, or I mean, to the people that yeah. like that's like when you have in sexual interactions and you don't wear a condom. You're exposing me to all of your sexual partners that you have before that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like so you're spreading it or whatever even if you think For you sure. don't have it. people assume that because they don't have any symptoms that they don't have it that's that's stupid, but like I don't care that you don't d- take it. I care that yeah. you are being reckless because you don't take it. That's the problem, so if you don't do it. If you're still yeah. wearing a mask and you're still doing, you know, your basic quarantine and you still don't want to take it because of whatever the propaganda, that's fine. But as long as you're being safe and not only thinking about yourself, but think about the people that are around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's
1: that's all I care
0: about. Just don't go outside. Stay home. I, I'll, I'm getting the no. vaccine. I'm still going to stay at home because it might be, to me, I'm thinking, yep. like, you know what? At best, even if it don't work, it's a placebo, right? So, like, it might be a mind thing for me. And I'm okay with that, cause I need peace of mind. in these last.
1: Comments.
0: Yeah. I need peace of
1: mind. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think the majority. Yeah, I think the majority of people are still gonna take that course of vaccine. Yeah, I definitely. Think they're still, you know, once they get the vaccine, they're still gonna, you know, stay at home, wear a mask, uh, you know, take yeah. all the precautions. Yeah, you
0: know, and now we're hyper I mean, aware. You
1: can't be too safe. You know, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being What's the worst safe, that can happen,
0: so. right? over 300,000 people have lost their lives. So, yeah. yeah, that is the worst that can happen. So, at the end of the day, like, I think, although currently it's not mandatory, I think it will be indirectly mandatory. Like, I think, first of all, they're going to start off at schools. They might do, first of all, you know, work. Like, we, we have free... um Flu you're testing, work. I'm sure they're no, gonna have free vaccines. No. They're gonna probably say it's not mandatory, but if you wanna come inside this building, you're gonna have it. <laughs> like not mandatory, cool. you don't have to get it. But if you wanna be in this building at your desk around yeah, other I people, see... guess what? You gotta have it. So you choose.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I definitely, indirectly, it's, yeah. It's, it's and I totally be agree there, with it late twenty twenty one, or at some point in twenty.
0: If you're so much God. into the world and making it a better place, and being safe, then like, like, like we said, even if it's a placebo, even if it don't do nothing, you still, like, mentally, I still want to make this world a better place. I still want to be safe for me and my children. So, like, you're risking. You're 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 playing Russian roulette with yourself and your yeah. family's lives. So then you don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you made a good point earlier. Is like people can go and do their <laughs> research. They can go on a website now. Sometimes that may not include all the ingredients, but they should. <laughs> they should uh, be in a public company. But um, but you know. You can at least do that to feel better about it, to know what's going on. But you, it's a contradiction, too, because you got the same people that saying, well, this mm-hmm. vaccine is a hoax. It's going to make y'all turn into zombies. And, you know, you got crazy people out there. But
0: uh, exactly. you got these same people
1: that say that, but yet they ain't worried about All anything else they putting in their body. And uh, they and ain't worried about ingredients. They ain't worried about it. a lot of other things, but they worried about this vaccine.
0: Yeah, so like it. Yeah, so it just, that's, make just any cra- sense that's crazy. To me. To me like, you I literally do don't exercise okay. at all. You weigh like 200 pounds, you're overweight. So, you don't care about your body, but you care about your body? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> make it make sense for me.
1: Yeah, it's just, but you know, that's, you know, like, say, the digital age, people. People, you know what know. it is? People, people going to, to the room
0: uh, to get information. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like, you, you know, in college like, you know, Wikipedia a is not you Wikipedia a, a solid sometimes. source. I'm sorry. You got to go
2: to
0: <laughs> Yeah, we don't reference that. Yeah, we don't we don't reference that. Yeah, well, we, we I mean, reference another you're place not that referencing that, list, that for anything official. Of <laughs> <is in>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so you know, I was just seeing your take on that, but um, uh, yeah, we covered quite a bit, and um, is there anything um, else you want to no. talk about before we <laughs> close mean, it out?
0: I'm sure we can have another like podcast and talk about, like, I feel like we kind of <laughs> covered a lot uh, of like topics, so I don't know, like, how specific next time you want to go into like just talking about one thing or just want to just randomly talk about like everything or something like that
1: yeah the main thing was the background you know get the background for you know you um, yeah and then so future times we'll just come on here and just get to it just talk about
0: whatever pretty much you know current current things going on
1: Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate your time. It was good talking no, to you,
0: catching no, up. No. And, I think it's different because, uh, like, surprisingly, we didn't really down. disagree this when time. First so, talk on this podcast, that's when you know Black Lives Matters and everything was kind of going on at the same time. Although I agree with it sometimes, you know. True. Are true. To yep. so the right wing and to the left wing, so. but.
1: For sure, when when most people actually are in the center, I think
2: the yeah. TV,
1: the people on TV and media make that's, you believe that, that they're true. radicals. But more, the majority of people are in the center. That's that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay. But till the next time, we'll we'll disagree in the future on some some future podcasts. All right, thank but, you.
2: Uh, Good night. <laughs> All right, but bye. Uh, but yeah.